thanks for watching or listening to VIP Boxing Bell to Bell, episode 105. Uh, as always, leave John and myself and our guest a review on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify. Um, I don't know how we're doing at iTunes. We were doing really well before Christmas. Maybe John will discover in the next week. He's got these ways of finding out these things. You know me, Steve. You know John Evans. Tonight's special guest. He was brave in the ring. WBO Super Featherweight Champion. Awesome. He's brave with his punditry, his commentary. He's he he sits on. He never sits on the fence. He gives an opinion. He he says what he means. But the bravest of all, he's wearing a Wales rugby shirt. Barry Jones. <laughs> yeah, maybe not the season to be wearing the Wales. Oh, you you are, I always knew you were brave, mate. And you you, you and also. Like the Welsh rugby team, I dropped the ball and I've left you and I've kept you guys waiting. So I apologize for that. You haven't. You're 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 always there. You're right, though, Barry. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really good. I am. Mean, I'm mean, yeah, under pressure, like you know what life's like, you know. But well, you know what? Good. If you're under pressure with work, it means you're doing all right because if you've been on here before and there ain't been a lot of work. So when it's there, Barry, you got to take every bit of work there is. I'm telling you because you never oh, know in this game. I'm tripping people up. I'm very, I, I listen. I'm, I'm smashing people's car windows so they can't get to work, and then phoning up and saying, "Listen, if you show up a pundit, it's unbelievable." Hey, but Barry, Barry, what do you think about the Welsh rugby banning Delilah? Oh well, I don't I mean, I, I think if it's if it's um, inappropriate, then I think it's the right thing to do. I need work, so I can't say anything but that, of course. So I have to. Be, <laughs> I, I I don't know, but you can sing about you can sing about sweet chariots. Yeah, and what look, that song, that what that song means. So I don't understand. It's a song, like you know, like yeah. Look, it's you might as well ban every country in West. Not every, but how many country Western songs are about drinking from a bottle of whiskey and then going home and causing <laughs> mayhem? But there you go, anyway. Take me back to my childhood, then. <laughs> I tell you what, we're talking mayhem. We're going to start this podcast, and John's got everything ready. And the first topic is one of John's, I think. Yeah, and this is going to be mayhem. Lara, Lara and uh, Wood on Saturday night, John, or Wood defending against Lara, WBA, yeah, yeah. I, I tell you what, I, I was looking yesterday, I had a board for a little bit, and I started looking at the odds for the fight because I fancied Lee Wood quite strongly. And I was looking at the odds, and Lara's a massive favourite. And I just wonder what you two think about that. Wood, well, two people I, tr I trust in boxing to tell me the truth a guy called Ryan Doyle, who fought Jordan Gill and yeah. Lee Wood. And he, Ryan said he's never been hit as hard as he was by Lee Wood. He, he wouldn't like to fight him again. Um, Josh Warrington said he's, he's disappointed that Wood's getting Lara because he says, Lara's not great. He says, I had a stinking night. Wood's going to do what I should have done. I've seen Lara a few times. He can punch like fuck. He's aggressive. He hits hard. But he can be hurt. He can be hurt to the body. He can be outboxed. I think he can probably break his heart if it goes past six or seven. And I just wonder if Lee Wood should be the favourite here. I wonder if people have got this wrong if they're just looking at Lara's highlights and they're just putting this into, like, a, he's a devastating knockout artist. I know Wood had trouble with Mick Conlon, who's not a big puncher, and it, it seemed to take him a few rounds to figure things out. But I just wonder if Wood hits hard, he's got that nice upright stance, he can time things. And I, I'm just fancying Wood in this fight. I, I think it's a I, I fancy Lara, but I'm not confident with it. And I just think that he, he has shown a, a bit of recklessness. But when you go back to his last fight, I know he, the guy was pretty old, but he's the rolling as he was in close to the target, he stayed nice and low and he was starting to roll. 
and he showed at the, the first fight after the second um, Warrington fight, he, that's when he got hurt, didn't he? He got you know, hurt to the chin, hurt to the body. He was reckless, but he was better in his in his recent fight. And I thought if he boxes like that against Wood, and the, it's the way he throws the punches. Now Colin's not a big puncher, but he he throws the punch that had the read. But he the shot that that really hurt Wood was a looping shot, and I just think that he throws looping shots, Lara. And I just worry about, I think, discipline for Wood is important. Because like as you, as you already pretty alluded to, straight down the line is where he's going to do all his damage. Yeah. I think, you no, know, with, with with Lara throwing wide shots, there's a gap. I I, I mentioned today, is someone else, there's a big rectangle, if you like, in between the gap, in between the gloves. And that's a big tag from, from navel to, to, to the top of the head. Would to hook straight on the line, and if he can, if he can be confident enough to to keep his shape, when those wide shots come and block and throw down the middle, then I think he can hurt that. He certainly knock him out. But I feel that I just got a feeling that he's gonna want to, and I think he should start fast. But I think him starting fast might get him in trouble. Or he's he tries to stick the discipline, like like he'll have Ben Davis in the corner who will have a, have a plan, and it's mainly safety first, which I I'm 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 all for fan of that. I think he'll, but he'll get frustrated. His natural, his natural inclination is to want to have a war, and I think that he will get frustrated when that, when he feels the power of Lara, he'll want Lara to feel his power back, and I just feel that might be maybe his undoing. But I can't see it being be anything but a really, really fantastic fight. However long, I don't think it lasts past seven rounds, to be honest. But I think while while it's there, it's going to be really a real, uh, real firecracker. I'll just be quick so running out of time. We had this conversation on Friday at the Reese Mould fight, John, with Josh Warren, and he said the same as, as were you there. Um, when someone mentioned the odds there, it was nine to four. I mean, I, I think they're a, a outstanding. I, I think that's an outstanding bet if it's still nine to four any time. Absolute outstanding. I fancy. I I'm gonna, I think it can go long this fight, and I think I think Lee would have win on points. Yeah. Oh wow. Round two, Shackle Stevenson, Barry. Yeah, I, I've been saying for a while, him and Jared Ennis and Jared Anderson, possibly three Americans who might take over the boxing world in the next sort of the three or four years. And I just think with Stevenson, is seen you know, phenomenal from the Olympics. Movie that he's just like just an absolute talent who has take Lomachenko out of the equation. He might have he might have the best boxing brain since Mayweather. I I think he's physically gifted, but we've seen against Oscar Valdez when he moved up to super featherweight, boxing an undefeated Oscar Valdez. Not forget that, no, a real test for him. How patient he was. He didn't rush his work. Didn't go for the, the finish. You no, know, didn't try and over impress. I think he's such a talent, but he's moved into a division now at lightweight, and thankfully he has which is just absolutely just dripping in quality, like unbelievable quality. I, I, I never for such a long time as anybody division had so many real world-class operators. And I think we'll find out now. And also because financially they have to fight each other. That's the good thing about the light, the weights that I think we get to see how good he really is. If he is going to be the future of world boxing, which I think he might be, He's moved. He's moved into a division now in the lightweight division where he's not going to be able to. He can wait another couple of years for people to get old or retire. He's in it now, and we'll see how good he really is. 
Jan? Yeah, I, I, I love him. I, I love him. And you mentioned Jared Anderson there, Barry. He's in that stable with Keyshawn Davis, Jared Anderson and yeah, Shakur Keyshawn Stevenson. Yeah. Oh, what a group that is. And with Shakur, you just said, physically, he's, he's come of age. Instead of moving around a lot and using his feet and, and throwing shots out, now he's taking the centre of a ring, standing there and using that stiff arm, isn't he? He looks a real physical presence yeah. and he, he's a phenomenal, phenomenal fighter. I, I think he'll, he'll be the best lightweight. Yeah, he's got know, that much natural talent. Yeah, I mean, I was wondering, is it a WBC eliminator against um, the Japanese? Is it Yoshin in April 7th or 8th, I think yeah. I saw it was. And I was thinking, it won't be long, almost instantly, that must probably make him the mandatory with everybody. I'm sure they're just all going to put him in there at number one. But you know what? I see him facing the winner of Lomachenko and Hanny as his first sort of super fight. They look like they're going to fight in May. And I can see that's the path before he goes on to, should we say, you know, the, the Ryan Garcias, um, the tanks. I think that's the, I think I wouldn't be surprised that's the path he'd take. Imagine that for you, Barry. Lomachenko against Shakur Stevenson. Just unbelievable. Again, it shows, you know, when you've got a superstar on your hands because he moves up the super feather. Oh, like featherweight, he boxed and defeated kid against in Gonzalez, was it? But then, no, but then Smooth is super featherweight. Box is the best super featherweights. Yeah. Boxing is for Oscar Valdez. No, Smooth at the lightweights and he's going to box Haney Lomachenko. Like, yeah. there's no no easy introduction to that weight to see how you feel. It's just straight in. Bam. So, yeah, you again eliminated now because he has to pay the two calls, but he's a talent. Yeah. Round three, Um, the cat that's not purring, Jack Cattrall. Um, <laughs> you know what? I know, look, Taylor versus Tiafimo Lopez means. I say it means a lot more globally than the actual rematch with Taylor, you know, around the world because of Lopez. And, it, you know, it's a great fight for Taylor. But, you know what, I think it's absolutely criminal if Catchwell's put to one side again. Um, I'm not sure who his management are, whatever these days, but someone should be shouting from the fucking roof for him because he's now, was he, 30 this year in the summer? He's hardly had a fight since 2019. He sat out a year since the Taylor fight. If he knew this was going to happen, he could have cashed in on that robbery, being the victim of that fight. But he hasn't. He's waited for this. And suddenly, last week, he gets this news. He's put his career on hold for 12 months. And he's been around a long time when you think about it for someone who's, yeah. who's only 29. And you know what? I think that the fact that no one seems to be arguing his corner publicly right now is a really poor show. So whoever looks after Jack Cattrall, get out there, shout from the roofs, call Josh Taylor, everything under the name, you know, really upset people. Call out top rank, call out whoever you need to. Because the treatment he's had as a boxer throughout his career, there was a fight before I don't think he got any, he had to step aside. And I just think he, he, his career he, is in danger stepped, of vanishing. He stepped aside so Taylor could box Ramirez yeah. for the unification. Yeah. To be fair, which was which was I loved him for that because we wanted the unified champion, but for him, like it's just crazy for his for his career. And also I don't think he got paid, Steve. I don't know. No. John well, was no, a John I, I, I heard yeah, so it's just John it's did madness. the interview, like, yeah. Yeah, it's just unbelievable. Like like I'm a massive Josh Taylor fan, always have been. His yeah, of course. His, his trajectory to world to, to being number one mm -hmm. was one of the best runs in recent in recent history. Phenomenal. But you're right. He can, I can see how he can box a, a, light, a super lightweight 
If he was at the welterweight, fair enough. If he boxes super lightweight and not face Cattrall, no. If you're staying at that weight, you know, you've got to do that fight. You've got to. For, your, for yourself, you know, like, like it's just crazy. And I know these organisations shouldn't allow it for the start. Teofimo Lopez, but no, it's a great, that's a great fight on its own. But like, there's unfinished business. Yeah. No, I just wonder if I just wonder if Jack shouldn't have waited. What once he realised Taylor was going to be a long delay, whether he should have just stayed active. Something we'll talk about in a minute. Capitalise on that profile you got because Jack looked exciting that night. It wasn't as if he scraped through and Taylor had a bad night. He looked like a world class fighter. I just wonder if he'll regret not not trying to capitalise away from. Instead of tying himself to Taylor, I just wonder if he's might regret not making his own name and branching out a little, little bit. The Taylor rematch was always there, whether it was 140 or 147. I just wonder if Jack should have concentrated and backed himself rather than tying himself to Josh. He's most certainly been told, he's been told and promised by promoters that fight's there for you. You're going to get that How long next. Do you Hold wait? on. How long do you wait, though? A year? Yeah, well, he's waiting a year now, and it looks like it's... It is, from If we believe what we read... It looks like he's going to lose that fight so Taylor can fight Lopez. Yeah. And it's... And, oh, there you go. Round four, staying busy. John, I think this sort of carries on, this topic of yours. Yeah, fight staying busy. It's something I've spoken about for a while. But, like, a, a, li a little different angle on it this time. And I wonder if, as well as them not fighting regularly, harming them because they get ring rust and, you know, they can't put what they're learning in the gym into practice as regularly as they should, what it does, it turns every fight into a, a big, high-pressure, high-profile thing because they fight two or three times a year. Everybody's watching every move they make in the ring. And therefore, the criticism ramps up when they don't look as spectacular as normal. It's just another benefit for staying active and staying staying in the ring. Keep fighting, keep learning. Even if it's an eight-rounder in between title fights for established champions, just stay out there. Let let people see you all the time. Let them know that you're working on things. And it just takes the the pressure away from having to look spectacular every time. I, I just We've spoken about all the benefits of staying active so many times. And I just think this is another one. It just takes that, that magnifying glass off you from having to be out of this world every single time. It's just on a financial point of financial, view. Financial, like, yeah. Why wouldn't you just want to fight more anyway? Maybe they do. I don't know how, how it works, but... Yeah, it's this whole fighting twice a year at any oh. level is ridiculous. Even if you're world level, I don't see how you need to have, unless you've got injuries, why well, you need to have all that time off. You can still have enough time to enjoy yourself, enough time to, to you know, get fit and ready for a fight. And plus, the more you fight, the less intense training you have to do because you're always, you know, the, the building blocks are there. You've got to rebuild. You're there yeah. ready. Just got to sharpen yourself up for a fight. It's, I think you're right. And also, you know, in this in this generation of, selling yourself more than ever before as you've already just said the more people see you and like social media is great but people need to see you fight they need to see if yeah. actually see you do work the more they see you the more they want and also you're boxing below your level you'll probably look better than your warm-up spectacular yeah 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 it's yeah it's yeah you're right i do think it's uh and also but boxing fans you know we want to see more of our favorite fighters yeah but I, 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 i'm with you do you guys think this maybe comes? Obviously, we have Mayweather really starting it with twice a year. Then the PBC coming along, playing bananas money to fighters that were good luck to them. They good luck to them, but bananas purses, and they weren't having to get out of bed like Gary Russell Jr., for example. A couple of the, you know. Yeah. But um, I'm just I'm just wondering if, if the money they they're earning these guys these days 
compared with what they was earning 20 years ago, even on a comparative scale, they don't need to tr- go, yeah, go I, to... I, I, I'm, I'm uh, talking I about people at English and British title level, Steve. We know what they're earning. 11, 12, well, they're fighting some of them, and they're fighting two or three times a year. Yeah, it's yeah. I don't understand yeah, that. Like, yeah. I literally, no, you, you, uh, it used to be you fight and you just say when am I up next? Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it, it was like that. You never always got the luck that you wanted to go up. But I mean, and in some fights they would sell tickets all the time. You, Why would you just want to be it, every week with you? Is it possible because the TV promoters have got so many fighters on their books that they can't yeah. keep them all busy? And this is why a British champion only fights two times a year. We're, you know, I mean, the, the, these promoters—they got so many, you know, so many fighters on their books. How do they keep them all happy? I mean, it's hard enough for a small horse show. I mean, Although, Steve Wood, a VIP, he does twenty shows a year. He still has eighty-six fighters to get out. Although I will say, it can be done. I, look at uh, our, our mate Denzel Bentley. He's getting ready for his fourth fight in twelve months. So they've all been title fights. He's fought for a world title, and he's defending his title again in. March on the yeah, against Joyce Kieran Smith, card. yeah, in April. Four fights, yeah. there you go, four fights in the year, and look how much Denzel's improved. His profile's gone up, his ability's gone up, he's performed better each time, and he's got better from doing it, and he's earned money. He's he's I like would... prototype example of how it could be done. I would say the problem is, is that once whatever you get paid, whatever you get paid is your benchmark. That's your level of in your mind. That's your that's your wages. So if anything yeah. below that, you won't accept it. Whatever it's for. That's the way. That's your mindset, unfortunately. So if you're getting paid too much for one fight, which might be the case, not for Denzel, obviously, then because he's obviously getting what he feels he's, he's happy for him to, to 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 live on. But I mean, if you, you don't you don't think oh, I stepped on a level of one less money, you refuse that. You'd rather wait for a bigger fight. It's stupid, well, but I think that's how they look. We'll go over a little bit, Barry. You can answer this then from personal experience because you're you're the only one of us who's actually done it. When you had your you were fighting at title level instead of grinding away in the gym, training and training, waiting for a date. If it offered you an eight grounder, eight eight rounder for a few grand less, just to keep that money in and keep you ticking, would you have taken it? I would have, yeah. But it, yeah. Again, but I think it is a just a different mindset. I think, yeah, most definitely, you want to you fight all the time if you can. If you just think that's an extra eight grand or an extra five grand or four grand, whatever it is, it's extra money, isn't it? You yeah. know what? And and it's a buzz. You love to do it. I don't understand why you why the love for it, just getting ready for fights. It's nerve wracking, and you shit yourself, but you love it. Like, why wouldn't you want to do it? You know what? Yeah. I, th- I think Denzel Bentley might have that attitude. He must probably got, t- you know, he earned his money and got up towards his flat in Battersea Village he wants from from the world title fight he had. Um, but he must probably got that attitude. Mark, you know, Martin Bowser probably said to him, Frank's got nothing for you, big. You're gonna have to sit and wait, or you can have this fight for X amount. Yeah. And he's thought, yeah, I'll have that. Yeah. I'll take it. It's a fight I should win. Round five. Um, Ten minutes left there. Round five. Um, Looking doomed, Barry. Davis Garcia. Well, it's the dreaded rematch clause, looks like. That's the bane of my life for boxing. Ruins everything. Holds yeah. careers up. But this now, this is a great fight. Both want to fight each other, it seems. No, TV companies, have, it seems, everyone's agreed on the fight. And it's held up because who takes the rematch? I know the rematch will probably be worth more money, but like, look at, don't talk about rematches. <laughs> if there's no, like, no, no, just don't mention a rematch. Just don't worry about this fight and then worry about the next fight if the next fight comes. Like, we're going to miss out now on, on what would be a fabulous fight, I feel, 
a big occasion for boxing as well. It puts in a great light. And that won't happen now because they're worried about the rematch. Not just the fighters, the, the, the teams, the TV companies. And it's rematch clauses for me are just an absolute shitbag of the sport. Yeah. I can't, I hate them. And, and, and Garcia and, and Davis is a brilliant fight in a brilliant division. Whether it's lightweight or super lightweight, and I think, uh, and and it's held up because of a rematch clause, and it just makes me so sad. You know what? We speak about these fights every week, super fights, and this was a fight. I think I said a few weeks ago when it was first mooted. I thought they were gonna, they were going to sign on the brink around early January, and I said then it's a fight I won't believe happens until they get they get in the ring. And now I'm almost thinking now that's all but gone for this year. That fight now. They're gonna have a, they're gonna have a, some sort of fight. One a fight in April, one a fight June, and before you know it, it'll be end of this year, and they'll be talking again. It's almost close. Yeah. Does it become well, another yeah. another Crawford Spence? Even although there are a lot another, younger... another Crawford Spence, and what it also does, because neither of them will want to take a dangerous fight while they're building up to that. Now it means that Davis and Garcia aren't going to fight the likes of Shakur, Haney, Lomachenko. They're going to stay on separate paths just building that fight. So we we miss out on all the other fights that could have happened in the meantime. Yeah. I saw something the other day, and it's Oscar De La Hoya in one year for Obakar, right, Quarte and Felix Trinidad. And look, look at him now in charge. De La Hoya was a, a god, weren't he? He was a warrior. He fought anybody, would fight anybody. Yeah. Yeah. And look at him now in, in charge of this, just making a right pig's ear of it. It's so, so sad. I just don't know. I mean, I, I just think we, we're in moaning about it. We've moaned about Crawford Spence, and <laughs> it's not going to change. In two years' time, there'll be another super fight coming along, and it's not going to happen over a rematch clause over who wears the dressing gown with the most silk in it, you know, most stitching in it. That's what it's going to be, and that's what it's, it's getting madness, to. It's madness, It's just madness. The, the little things that you shouldn't even give a shit about. It should be <laughs> where the fight is and the money. And maybe who walks first? Like whose whose name's on the poster? Who has the biggest changing room? Who what gloves? No, who has the gloves? To pick on gloves? I wouldn't care about the gloves. Hey, so, you've hit the, 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 just... the only issue with this fight should be the spin of the coin at the weigh-in between Tank and Ryan Garcia over who walks first and who gets announced first. If you lose the top, you know that's all. That yes. should be the only thing that needs sorting with this fight, but. Yeah. It's not going to happen again. But we could go on all night about that, John. Are we free in the air? I thought so. Right, round six. We always leave this pod in a very, very, having, having a laugh or so. But tonight, a bit of a, a sombre moment. A great friend of this podcast. He was a guest a few weeks ago. Ron Lewis, who uh, tragically passed away far too young, age 54, on Friday. I've known Ron for 30 years um, and I've been thinking a lot about him. You know, I remember just two little things come to mind. I'm going to chop this bit of the pod and send it to, there's an email address for um, his children to see. And I, I want them to, you know, hear this from us three, just what, the, what you know, Stanley and Polly know what their, their dad was um, as a journalist and a man. I'll never forget, I look back on Ron's, how often I mentioned Ron on Facebook um, on Friday night. Just something I was thinking about a lot. And I always remember one night, and I've mentioned it so often, some of the greatest gigs I've been to, the greatest nights out. And one, and it's come up four or five times I've mentioned this over the years, 
And it was a night out with Ron and Dean Powell watching the Stranglers in Manchester before a Hatton fight. Tremendous. And there was a, and just to sum up, Ron, I don't need to tell his family what a brilliant journalist he was. Um, as part from, and he's last appeared on the pod a few weeks ago. When we introduced the programme, John Evans said, we're going to have to lift the game tonight. Ron Lewis is on. And that's all you need to show. <laughs> but another example of Ron's sort of humour, and I don't know if it was humour, he could be a little bit belligerent sometimes in a beautiful way. We was in Vegas a few years ago after a calm fight or before the night of a calm fight. I mean, a few of us were going for a meal afterwards and Ron was a vegetarian and every restaurant, all they had was a veggie burger. So we kept walking around. So Ron's finally found a restaurant that had a great veggie selection. And do you know what Ron ordered off the menu? A veggie Veg- burger. <laughs> Ron, I'll miss you so much, mate. And... Um, I know you, you, your children are going to do you proud and your, Stan, your Stanley's going to turn into a fine cricketer. And it's fantastic that there's been Surrey County Cricket Club wanting to go down there for the day and stuff like that. Take care wherever you are, my friend, Ron. And I'll just ask, maybe start with you, John, to say a few words and then Barry before we wrap up. Yeah, I, I knew Ron for probably, it must be eight or nine years now. I met him down at Fox Nation. Um Got the appointment for Boxing Matters, be there at 2.30 on Friday, Ron, with Ron Lewis. And normally, you know, going down, I didn't think twice about who I was on with. You just go in and get on with it and have a chat. But I remember thinking, I've got to be on it today because Ron, Ron's good. We never met. He didn't probably didn't know who I was. I was just doing stuff on the internet. Um, but ever since that day, I liked Ron. He was a, a good fella, a good bloke, honest as anything. He never changed his opinion according to who he was speaking to. If he didn't agree with you, he told you he didn't agree with you. Um, encyclopedic knowledge. If I ever needed anything, I'd send Ron a quick message just to, to confirm things. But more than that, he was just a good fella. I used to like Ron. He became my friend. And it was horrendous news on Friday. Um, horribly sad. And Stanley, we don't want to neglect uh, Polly, but Stanley used to always tell you about how he was doing with his spin bowling, didn't he? And show you little yeah. videos on his phone. So, yeah, it's, it's terribly sad, but... Awful. Final word with you, Barry. We'll let a former world champion talk about Ron. He'd like all that. He'd, like, he'd love all that. Well, like I met, I met Ron at Box Nation as well, like like you did, John. And and yeah, he just oh, what I like about Ron, I I put something on, on Twitter, and so did lots of other people put the same thing. He's one of the good ones. In in every aspect, that that you can use that as as his as his nature, as you know, the way the way he treated people. His work, more importantly, I think, you know, for for boxing fans, one of the good ones, the ones that so, you know, Twitter's mad in it for for what for my own experience. There's few very there's few people. There's a handful of there's not more than a handful. There's a few people who whose opinions I respect. You two, him, and there's a couple of others. But there's a few others out there as well. And but Ron was one of them. So if he put something nice about me on Twitter, I would screenshot it and keep it because then when I'm having a bad day. Like with you guys, you some you for some praise and they make praise of people who, who just praise for the sake of praising. It's nice, but it's not real. Praise of someone like Ron who doesn't pander to anybody. Like you, Lilith, you know, don't pander to anybody. And it, so that you know you know if it's a compliment, it's a real compliment, not just to stroke your ego, not just to make you feel nice. You say it because they believe it. And that's what I liked about him. He was straight. He didn't he didn't deviate his opinion on a fight or a fighter. Because so he could get access to a promoter, which in this generation, 
is, as you guys know, is very difficult to do. You know, it's almost impossible to do, and you guys don't struggle with that daily, of course. When and he was one of those, like you guys, in the same sort, of, in the same sort of mold. You, the integrity was above everything else, and and that's what I remembered by him. So his opinion meant a lot. So when I go to a weigh-in or a press conference, which is very rarely, you know, and I'm not one who just stand in the middle going hi, hello. I I stay on the back around the walls, and and there's a few people I go, I make an effort to go and see, and 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 he was in the group of you lot, and I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. But that it was the, that's what it was though. There was it was few people who I who I'd like to speak to who were not shouting on standing on chairs and shouting and making the big screaming thing of, the, of their self. They were just doing their job, honest, and that was that was it. A real one of the good ones. I, that's that's what it is. For all boxing info, news, and latest interviews. Amateur and Pro, across and off, click and subscribe. VIP, Boxing Promotions. Also, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook.